Hey everyone, I'm Jasper. And I'm Stefano. And welcome to Make the Jump, where our mission is to find unique experiences, perspectives, and mindsets of individuals from all walks of life. If there's one thing we know, success comes in many different forms, and it's our goal to find out just how diverse it can be. The purpose of this podcast is to share with you, the listener, what we learn from some of the most successful people we know. So let's jump right in. Today's episode is about us. We want to share our stories to you, our failures and triumphs, where we've come from and where we're going. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, to episode one of Make the Jump. Wow. Finally. It's finally here. We've been, we've been thinking about this now. How long has it been? It's been a little while now. We've been trying to plan accordingly, yeah. figure out the logistics, and finally we're here. <laughs> How are we feeling? I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm ready to do this. I'm hyped up to do this, and I'm ready to share the message with everyone. The first episode is going to be a little slow, so stick with us because this is just us talking about where we're coming from. Um, but I think it's important for us to kind of lay out the, the framework for what we want to share with you guys. And, uh, yeah. So let's tell them about how we came up with this. Um, so I think, well, I came up with a name. I was journaling and I came up with a name and I was like making the jump podcast. And then it turned out that that name had been stolen. (laughs) And so we just wanted to keep that message because we both thought that Make the Jump was a cool idea that kind of really outlined this idea of taking risks, becoming successful, you know, falling and getting up. And it was just a really good way to sum that all up. So when did you, when did you even start like thinking about doing this podcast? Cause I know I heard it first from you. So it wasn't my idea. No, initially, I told you, you, I mean, start? really, it was just, I journaled and I was like, wow, that'd be a great idea. I talked to college soccer players, talked to pro players, talked to even high school kids about going from one place to another. And then that idea kind of grew out where I was like, let's talk to a bunch of different people about, um, making the jump in their own life and just understanding that success is, you know, very diverse. That's one of our trademark lines here. Yeah. And I, I remember, I remember when you first told me, I was like, immediately I was yeah. already all for it. Yeah. Cause you, you said you wanted to do a podcast. You're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I want to do a podcast. Yeah. So it was a good idea from you and I've been trying to carry it out and we've both been working hard for this and I'm glad that we're finally here and getting started. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about how this podcast came to your mind, what you're thinking about it right now? I think for me, it's a really cool concept to be able to talk about exactly what you said, the different yeah. highs and lows in people's yeah. lives of whether they're an athlete, whether they're a lawyer, whether they're a doctor, whatever, of just being able to pick people's brains about what right. got them to where they are right now. Right. I think that's, oh, I, I'm right with you. That's it. That's it. I think it's really important. Storytelling is really important. That's something that the late Kobe Bean Bryant uh, had in his uh, in his sleeves was was storytelling, like just trying to teach people through um, stories is really valuable. Um, 
Because exactly. life, life can be hard and it's, it's important to learn from experience, but it's also important to hear advice from people and, and, and listen to a new perspective, not of your own, not your own reality, to invite that into your, your existence. Yeah, because then I think yeah. at that point, once you start getting different perspectives in and different ideas about things that you never thought about, you can use that and move forward, move on to new things that you wouldn't even thought of before you'd spoken to these kind of people or these or hearing these ideas from these people. So I think to get started, we kind of want to talk about our backstories, who we, we are, wanna, yeah. who we are as, uh, <clears throat> as young men in this, in this yeah. time. And, and let's just start off by saying, you know, we did this podcast because we want to know more. We don't know the answers, but we really are asking the questions. We're, we're really passionate about that. So we're going to just talk about where we've been in our short time on this planet <laughs> yeah. and some funny experiences that we've had just so you guys can kind of get to know a little bit about more who we are. And then, yeah. And then episode two, we'll, we'll get right into it. Yeah. So Jasper, let me ask you. Yeah, man. Tell me a little bit about where you're coming from in terms of your family, yeah. how you grew up, yeah. what, you, what led to who you are now. Yeah. And just you can start wherever you want to start. Well, I think for both of us, but family is really, really important to me. It all starts with family. Of course, that's easy to say, but I've been blessed to have parents who have created a really open dynamic for us. From a really young age, it was Jasper. You can tell us whatever you want. You don't have to tell us certain things. And whenever you're comfortable with saying this, saying don't not saying this, just listen to your heart. It was always lead with your heart kind of uh, vibe. And were you always comfortable yeah, I mean, I think, be, and... I think it was in, in sixth grade, my parents were like, Jasper, people are going to do drugs in middle school. People are going to do this. And, I, and my mom was like, if that's something you want to do, if there's da, 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 just tell us and we'll try and figure out the right way to approach that situation. And that I, I will always remember that conversation because it was just like this trust in me doing what I wanted to do, but just understanding that there's implications for my decisions and just to move about in a more mindful way. That was like my first experience to like what people say is mindfulness is mm -hmm. starting with honesty, honesty with yourself. Um, and so from a very young age, it was just Jasper, listen to your heart, Jasper, listen to your heart. I think that's in a very important aspect to a relationship with parents. Yeah, because there's a, I feel like there's a lot of people, especially now in this in our generation yeah. who are younger now, who their parents are aren't comfortable having these kind of conversations right. with. We their know kids, a lot of people like that, which lead <laughs> which lead to these to some people going off and doing whatever they want because they feel like their parents never talked to them about her. Their parents are against it, so they kind of want to do it. But I feel like having both coming from families who have parents who are very open with us and also yeah also gives us give us room to mm -hmm. be open with them. I think that's that's an invaluable part of but our But if I got to add something, mm -hmm. I mean, for both of our families, there is a lot of structure too. It's yeah. not just like freebie, I'm your best friend, go and do whatever you want. It's like, exactly. these are the rules. You got to be a good person. You got to do the work. But you can talk to me about stuff if you have some thoughts on things and if you're going through a rough time. It's not like shut out. And, you know, I, there, there's not a really a day that goes by where I'm not like, wow, I'm so blessed to have this family that I have where I can really just express myself. 
And I know you have uh, two younger sisters, two, yeah. two twin sisters. How did, did anything change when, when your sisters were born in terms of how your, your dynamic with you, your parents and your sisters now? No, I think it probably, probably heightened it. Yeah. It gave me more responsibility for sure. Mm-hmm. And gave me a little more, um, well, I was six years old, but now as I yeah. look back on, on, on having them in my life versus like what it would have been had they not been there. That would have definitely been um, a completely different situation that I wouldn't want because I think it's really important to have someone to be a role model of because you expect more out of your own standards and um, you get to teach the things that you learn, which helps you learn them better. Yeah, and I think I think one thing you said that I really agree with is the fact that with a family like this comes a lot of responsibility too. Yeah. And I think even for me, with I have um, three younger siblings and one older sibling and just uh, being able to kind of lead by example sometimes and also help and uh, try to assist my siblings, even my older sibling too, yeah. to be able to do what they feel they need to do. I think that's a very um, powerful aspect to a family that you can, that, that it's, yeah. it's not just you on your own or it's just not just you and your parents, but it's also you helping out people who are younger than you and helping because your parents help you so much, but there's only so much they can do sometimes. Sometimes right. it's up to you as a sibling to kind of lead the pack in a way. Let's just stay on the family topic again, because Italian families are the real deal. They are. Italian families are serious, man. What was it like being young, having your dad from Italy with that set of values, that kind of pasta? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was very, um, I think it was something that actually defined me a lot as this and yeah. still defines me to this yeah. day. Just because, like, I'm I'm a very proud Italian too. You know, it's like something we that, know that. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I don't know. I like to uh, stay close to my roots, and just having yeah. a dad that was not from here and my mom who was from here, it gave me a little bit of both worlds. So it wasn't like I was totally new to everything or totally used to everything. It gave me a little bit of both, and also just having a dad who comes from a um, a country where there are a few things that are different here and how things are seen, like in terms of like having just a small example, having later dinners, things like that, having, uh, having family dinners regularly, not just doing eat, eating family dinners you are want. really important. Exactly. We'll get into that later. Family dinners. Are, yeah. I think they said something about family dinners, like are so important. Like you need to have it like at least like once a week to keep your brain, like actually like at least once a week, but we have it like basically oh, I, five, six, seven every night. times we a week. We have family dinners every night. Yeah, exactly. So I think, but Hey, uh, having, having, uh, that kind of, uh, foundation of a family has always been big. And I know it's big for you and your family. Yeah. And I want to ask you, how did, how did your family also contribute to your growth and development and love for sports? I think a lot of that was actually myself. They just told me to do something that you love. Mm-hmm. So I just was naturally gravitated to, towards the game. I was naturally gravitated towards soccer just because I thought more than baseball, more than these other sports, you can pass, you can dribble, you can do all these kind of things with the ball. And I, the same way I like you know art and a way, as a way of expression that I could go any way I want to go. I can paint, I can draw, even though I'd like to draw more. Yeah. I saw baseball, like that was the other sport that I played. I saw baseball is very mm-hmm. limiting. I was like, you can pitch, hit, and catch. I was like, that's not enough for me. Yeah. It's just not. Um, so I it was think really you saw, just, you saw the, the, the soccer pitch as more of like a, a canvas. A canvas, exactly. Yeah. exactly. You <laughs> if tied you want to go abstract with it. Yeah, you tied it into how you yeah. see art, and it's, yeah. I think it's very similar. Yeah, I thought it was just 
there's just so many possibilities that you can have so many different kinds of experiences you can have on the pitch so so when do you remember starting soccer like first time seriously the first time i i really have a good memory of it actually it's actually the first memory i have of soccer is not good i remember being on a team and like not handshaking the team after Uh and my coach being like no bad jasper like (laughs) you can't do that you have to handshake everyone and i remember just being like scared and mad after the game but the actual good memory i have was there's a field in downtown i think called lake d field like d field mm-hmm. and i remember playing a game there and just having fun drilling people and scoring mm-hmm. how old were you i was in second grade and then in third grade soccer really became important to me i was on a team called the amazing Really? And we, what a we, name. Uh, what? What a name. What a name. It was with, I was on the team with one of my other best friends, Aiden, who mm-hmm. you know well, and my two cousins, mm-hmm. Otto and Isaiah. And that was really fun. And our uncle was the coach. So it was a really good time. It, that was really how I fell in love with soccer. And then I became an all-star. And then after becoming an all-star, I was, I was hooked. You, came, you became an all-star that year? I was an all-star that year. Wow. On the B team. Oh, I think I was actually on the C team. No, I was on the B team. Regardless, you're an all-star. I was an all-star. Third grade all-star. That's great. And what and what did you uh, what were you playing first? Like, what was your position? What did you I like to do? I was a goalie at young? first. They goalie. called me Jasper the Grasper. I'm wow. not even joking. Jasper the Grasper. It was good. I was I was agile, but I wanted you know. Also, I felt goalie was like I'm just stuck in the net the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't really get to do much. You know, I can kind of relate. I used to play uh, AYSO soccer in second grade, and I was yeah. in fact a goalkeeper most really? of the time. Really, you yeah. were a goalkeeper? I was. Wow. I might, I, I might say that was actually pretty good. Really? Yeah. I remember young soccer, like when you're playing with friends and you're playing in a, a league where you kind of just get to play. I think it's, that was one of the more like fun things I did when I was younger. Yeah. It was, there's just no weight to the game. And as an athlete now, I'm trying to like go play professional. It's way more stressful now, isn't it's it? It's stressful. There's so much pressure that I put on myself because I have expectations and standards that I ex- expect to put out. As you should. As I should, point, but yeah. it's like, how do you get that authenticity and that, that level of just stress for you? Like, this is a game. It's a game. It's also a lifestyle. A lot of people will be like, oh, it's not a lifestyle. Blah, blah, blah. It's a lifestyle. Training and eating right and getting to sleep and it, it's all connected. That's why I'm hard on myself. I think it's good to be hard on yourself. But yeah. again, just going back to that like youthful, like, just have fun. Just have fun with it. You're yeah. you're playing on a grass field with a ball and your friends. Like, yeah. what's better than that? And even though I even though I basically started playing soccer, I actually I'm a little bit different from you. I actually got more into basketball when I was younger. You're my a dad, yeah, my dad was a huge basketball player fan yeah. from Italy, and he brought it here, and he gave me my love of the game. And I remember a similar thing. I would always play in in rec league teams, school yeah. teams, middle school, um, elementary school. I would I would practice with travel teams. With I had a lot yeah. like my, basically my whole social friend network when I was younger was basically basketball guys and just having that experience when I was younger of kind of yeah. organized sports and competitive sports in yeah. a way. It it's tremendous for your development for being able to. It's just yeah. Grow. yeah. I think I think every single kid in the United States should be having to play. A sport up until they're at least 13. I think it helps tremendously. Obviously, there are some people who don't like it at all, but I think even if you don't, I don't like it, just try it out. I don't yeah. think it matters. You can play golf. If you want to be alone, you can play golf. If you want to be alone, you can swim. If you want to be alone, you can wrestle. You know, yeah, so like, you're, just, you're saying do, do, do I'm some just kind saying of that it's important yeah. to do that 
because it teaches you like all the basics that you need to know in business, all the basics you need to know in, in social interaction, social interaction, how to communicate, how to be open, how to listen to ideas, how to work through a problem, how to work through being uncomfortable. These are all things that are extremely valuable and, um, not represented well enough in society, especially I would say for our age kids right now, there's a lot of people who lack direction, a lot of people who just kind of are a little bleh. And are struggling to find what they're they struggling want to find what they, what they, like. they want. And yeah. they're like, I don't know, I don't know. And it's like, that's fine, but just work hard. Whatever you yeah. do, just work hard. That's it. So I think that's valuable. Yeah. Um, but for basketball, basketball was I mean, as a as someone looking looking in, basketball's been huge for you. I mean, huge. Kobe's influence on you has been huge. You rubbed off on me with Kobe to the point where, yeah, when he passed, you know, I was crying for days, really. I mean, that hit me hard. Me too. Me too, and, I know. And it, you know, he was something, he was something else. Yeah, I think from, specifically for me and a lot of, a couple of my, even my brothers and my family, basketball became like an obsession. A religion. Yeah, exactly, religion. And like, not in a way that like it was completely taking over my life, but it was something that was on my mind regularly just because yeah. whether it be going to play with practice or games or yeah. whether it be watching NBA games, listening to players' interviews, watching the coaches' interviews, anything like all of that, I was so interested in it. I, yeah. It wasn't just a thing that, oh, I would go play, go to practice, come home and forget about basketball right. until next week. It was something that I was always into and something that really like gave me a focus when I was younger. Right. Rather than just going through the motions of school or going through the motions of having friends, it gave me a focus. Yeah. Which I think, I think you can also agree with with soccer, too. It gave you something to focus on. Sports are definitely a blessing. Yeah. And how did, how did I wanted to ask, too, how did uh, the youth soccer carry into going into high school? And with what were your expectations with high school soccer, especially where we went? We went my to expectations high were, school. My so. expectations were... Go to high school, start the first year on varsity, wow. and ball up. And I was at the level, but my coach knew that I was needing a couple of developmental things. Maybe I was a little small, whatever. And um, so I played JV that first year, which I think was good at the end of the day because yeah. I got confidence and whatever. Um, but what were you? What were you? What were your expectations in terms of joining a school like Hamilton and playing soccer there? Because I just it's thought not a, it's not a great. I I program, I, but. I knew that there wasn't really like a, a solid reputation around soccer. Mm-hmm. Like it was just kind of like, oh, it's just a sport that we play. Mm-hmm. So my goal the whole time was like, yeah, just keep playing club, keep playing club. And then it got to a point. And we don't have to talk about this a lot because we'll go over this more. But yeah, where I stepped away from high school soccer because I knew that it wasn't competitive enough for players that were trying to take it to the next level. So I took a you know. I played varsity, started the whole year, sophomore year. This was 10th grade? Yeah, sophomore We year. led the team to championship where we lost, but led the team to a championship in our division and then um, stepped away that next year because I wanted to play in the development aca- developmental academy, which is a league that was just closed down um, from U.S. soccer. It's the most competitive league in the nation which holds the MLS teams like LA Galaxy, LAFC, youth academy teams that have professional um, routes, and then some private clubs that have enough teams where they can enter into the league. So I played for a team called Real SoCal. Mm -hmm. So that year I 
the year that I stopped playing soccer in 11th grade, I just hit the ball against the wall for like days, for days. And that then the coach called me after the summer. Practice. Yeah. Yeah. The coach called me after the summer that I had, uh, I didn't make the team and he called me in the winter and he was like, Hey, like we want you to come out for another trial, whatever. So I went out there and made the team and then that was great. So this was winter of junior year. This is winter of junior so year. Basically just and then that was, that was started. just a, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard all those stories, but it was just crazy. Like after school going on like a two hour, like, like Uber ride all the way to like Agora. Really? Tell me more. I want to hear. No, it was just like, it was a lot, dude. What was your experience? Like how did things work? Like it was just a lot do? on me. It was a lot of stress. I remember those days just going like, wake up, soccer, school, sleep, wake up, soccer, school, sleep, like just very repetitive. But at that year was a lot of growth. That was a lot of like character development because I made that team, traveled with the team, played against some of the best competition in, in the country mm-hmm. and, and then got cut and had to learn about what that was like to be resilient after that. So there was a lot of lessons that year. How did it, how did it feel to be cut? I know it's usually not a good thing, yeah. but what were your immediate reactions and then what followed the that? The immediate reaction was like just so much anger, so much anger, confusion, like how could this happen? And like, I sensed it kind of for like a week, couple weeks before, like something was off, not that I would be cut, but mm-hmm. I wasn't starting the games and like, I don't know, it was just, it was a little bit of a stressful period being there. Most of the time when I was at the academy, it was like pretty smooth and I was mm-hmm. working hard and staying really hungry. But there was a point when I was a little bit unsure because the coaching staff was kind of like separating themselves from me and I was a little bit like, what's going on? So yeah, I was mad when I got cut. And then it turned into like, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Like, how can I do that? How can I prove you wrong? How can I show you that your cut was a complete mistake? Yeah. A complete and you know, I haven't because I hurt my knee, which I'm sure we can kind of segue into. Because I hurt my knee, I haven't been able to be on like another like top level team. Um I hurt my knee basically after that summer, that winter I hurt my knee. So I was playing with a, a high level club instead of the academy. I was playing with the next, you know, best club team in actually like the, the country. And um, I went to a, a showcase and I and I tore my ACL there, and that spun me on a whole different direction. But I'm, I'm I, de- I remember that. I remember that was it. that was big. We it came back huge. And uh, actually, I think I remember the weekend that it happened, the actual day that it happened. I remember you you called me and told me yeah that you hurt yourself. You didn't know you tore your ACL yeah. right away. So for those who don't know, Jasper tore his ACL and. Yeah. Uh, uh, spring, early spring of senior year. So basically, spring, it was last it was year. it was actually the 11th of January. I tore it, but got I I tore it on January 11th, and got surgery on February 11th of 2019. So I remember that when you called me, um, you kind of just said like, "Yeah, I messed messed up my knee. I don't know exactly what it yeah. is, but we don't know yet." And then that was already like a scary moment, just not even yeah. knowing too. And then when you finally yeah. found out, it was like it was like a heart drop moment. Yeah, it was, like, it was a complete heart drop moment. It was like, oh, I was cut and now I tore my ACL. Like, oh my God. It felt like, like why, you were it dealt. Was like a, it was a why me moment. It, it felt like you were me. dealt two straight blows. like Two straight blows. And like, I was just like, I can't get, uh, I can't take off. Like, I don't have wings. Like, where's the engine? Like, I was like searching for answers. Mm-hmm. And whatever, what ended up happening was, 
I went through this incredible journey. And anyone who's listening, well, I don't know how many people listen to this, but anyone who's listening and who has gone through a big injury knows that when you go through an injury, you learn so much. And so I don't even want to talk about the recovery process because what happened, happened. I mean, I worked hard in the gym. I got back. And um, it was really just a lesson of like, show up, do the work, and have faith. Follow the process. That's it. You know, that, that's, that really is what it came down to. You know, you tell me to do this, I do this and a little more. But I still listen to my body. I listen to my heart. And when you, when you found out that you tore your ACL, yeah. was there, if you can, I want to know, if, was there a moment that you can remember where you made the jump from kind of disappointed and yeah. sad at what happened to making the jump to actually using it as fuel, like you said, and using it as motivation yeah. and hope? There's this line that I think Kobe said in, I guess, uh, what was his movie? Muse? Muse. Yeah. When he tore his Achilles and he was yeah. like, I just went to the gym and I used all that fire that I had for hurting myself. That fire just went into like improving myself. And so it's like I created this kind of filtration system. I remember like mental filtration system. I didn't actually like go yes. into my plumbing and like create a filter. But like I... um. I decided every ounce of anger, every ounce of disappointment and fear that I had about what would come, the surgery, all this stuff, that I would turn it into pure, like, jet fuel. That happened after I saw the second guy who told me, your ACL's torn. I was in an alley with my mom, and we pulled over to a furniture store because she had to go looking. She's an interior designer. She was, we went to the doctor's appointment. Mm -hmm. He was like, yep, you tore your ACL, just confirming, da, da, da. And then we went, you know, to the store and I was just completely torn apart. And I promised myself in that alley, it was like a rainy day, straight out of a freaking movie mm -hmm. that I'd like go and I'd like do an amazing job. So it was very early on in the Very early the on. It, there wasn't even like a, it was like an automatic decision. It was like, no, you have to be better. It wasn't like in a mean way. It was like, no, this is a, this is a really great challenge for you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's but, huge, man. I think that's, I think that's one of your biggest jumps that you have to make in life yeah. so far. As far as, still, as far as jumps though, I don't want to, I don't want to talk all about me because time's going to cut us out, but a big jump for you, the one that I can most recently remember is really going to JC is going to Santa Monica yeah, and so. how much you wanted to go to USC and how that didn't happen. I mean, you got to talk about that yeah, because and that one, was big. One thing that I feel like the, also your injury ties into this is basically our whole college application process, yours and mine yeah. together. I think we both went into the college application process with kind of a, our own hopes and our own desires. For right. me, I know I really wanted to go to either USC or UCLA. Those were the top two. And I know for you, UCLA was a top one as well. Because we're yeah. both homebodies. We like our families here. So we wanted to be close by, but also at the most pre we prestigious schools. Yeah. And I think, I think the college application process really was a big turning point for both of us. Because I feel like um, you were able to use your stories in terms of your experiences with soccer, your knee injury for these applications. And I feel like, and for me, I was able to put my stories of 
my experiences with my family, with having an immigrant family, having um, being the first one in my family to go to college and those kind of things that we both had experiences with. That's big, bro. I think we both put, we felt like we both put all of ourselves out into these applications. And when in the end, it didn't really work out how we wanted to, we both were rejected or waitlist or whatever at places where we wanted to go. And it kind of was heart heartbreaking and heart wrenching in the moment. I think that was one of the big turning points in our lives too. When we realized that like, okay, now it's no longer just doing whatever in high school or in middle school, but it's, Mm -hmm. we're getting ready for college. We're getting ready for the next steps, you know? And when we, when we didn't get what we wanted at first, I feel like we both were determined to continue to strive to get to what we want. I feel like definitely that I said I was going to, to SMC first. Yeah. And I, you. and I committed to Chapman. And you were first. Chapman, you know, up until literally a few days before we started school freshman year of college this yeah. last year. So I was, I was committed to Chapman first because I felt like I, that was one of the schools that I got into that I was somewhat happy with that. I wasn't, yeah. it wasn't obviously wasn't my first choice, but I was, I was happy that I got in and I kind of committed to it out of a little bit out of fear and a little bit out of yeah. pressure yeah. because I felt like how could I have worked so hard for four years of high school for several months of these college applications just to go to a community college or just to do right. nothing. Right. And I so think I, yeah. Yeah. So I felt kind of a little bit of a pressure to commit to somewhere and I, okay, so I committed to Chapman and I realized very in the very close to the end with along did not not even just myself but also my family that we didn't feel like it was going to be the right decision and i th- i think that a, a a partial amount of that that i was in a a place like that as well where i felt a little bit not not guilty almost embarrassed to be yeah, going to community exactly college embarrassed it was like all of our friends like we're going to like big like reputable colleges and it yeah. was like you know for me it was like oh God, I was supposed to go play Division One soccer. I was supposed to go, da, 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 da. and I was like, no, none of that is happening. And now I'm going to a freaking community college. Like my, it was like my nightmare in my head. Like I don't want to go to community college. You're telling me. So that I was felt exactly what I felt. And I, like I we, we both felt like a little bit like outcasted. But a little since bit. you since you chose SMC first because of out of kind yeah. of out of circumstance yeah. of what you were yeah, in, yeah. I can't even imagine that you that was must have been a complete step yeah. into the darkness. Right, yeah. that it was like pretty. Well, it was just I'm not, I was not I wasn't gonna go to school if I wasn't gonna play soccer. Exactly, that was like just how my head was going. Exactly, and then when I made the decision, okay, I should pull out of going yeah. to Chapman and really rethink about going to SMC. I think it helped me a lot to know that you were already there, that yeah. you were going. That was big. I think just having you there made it seem like livable. Because then it, be, it then it yeah. was no longer just me or you going to a school that we were really unhappy with it became right. kind of uh, we kind of turned it into jasper and stefano against oh it was it was jasper and stefano against the world that's Dude. what we turned it into and i remember like specific moments where yeah. we put our foot down head down ready to charge at what we wanted to do i i would argue without a doubt that this year was such a big growth year for us because of that you know that screw up quote unquote screw yeah. up that you know that we went to community college that lesson i think is a lesson that a lot of our friends won't learn until they miss a job opportunity they you know something like that goes awry 
in um, in their world, I think it was really important for us to have that and create a level of resiliency from a really like beginning stage, like right out of high school. It was like very early. Yeah. Boom. You don't get what you want. Yeah. Now you got to work extra hard to get what you want, to have what all your friends already have and to understand that even when you're in college now. So when you go to USC, by the way, my boy's going to USC, <laughs> which we'll talk about in a second, but yeah, <laughs> when you go to USC, you're not going to go like, Oh yeah, it's time to party. And like, just like, chill the whole time like no like you go hungry you understand like how much it means to be there and a lot of think like i think a lot of people like forgot already like oh i'm so like happy to be at whatever school they're at you yeah. know i think smc gave us a hunger that we didn't know we had and didn't know we needed yeah. either yeah because throughout high school we were kind of i feel like we we're kind of going through the motions you know and going through what we needed to do right but without it was really like let's just a, get out of here exactly but I think SMC, I remember specifically fall semester when we first started, we were both on two different paths, but very connected in multiple ways. So I think you were going to SMC to really work on mm -hmm. still maintaining an education, but focusing Just on almost 150% yeah. on soccer. Yeah. I was going to SMC to go 150% in, in, in my academics yeah. to get to a school that I wanted to be at, yeah. which the whole year was focused on usc transferring to usc it was it was top of mind and we probably talked about usc like we, daily yes because there were because there were things that happened daily where we were both kind of plotting of how this would work into applying how this would work on the transcript things like that and i also need to say having you at there as a as basically a sidekick through all of it and like a, yeah, a right resource of like of help and and support yeah. was huge because because there's a difference between doing things like that on your own where you have to work hard because you totally can do that. But when you can do that and also have something behind you where can always pick you up where you're falling yeah. or yeah. can just support you even more, that helped tremendously. Wow. We like, we really kicked ass. Like I pulled out a little early. So I left, I left in November after the, the first, the first semester because I wanted to focus on my body, but Stefano, man, like you really, you really cored through it. And I think that it's going to pay dividends later. Like you're going to remember that time as a time to like, yeah, really, like we said, like put your head down and just tune out all the crap in the background and just do what, do what you got to do. You were working too. I mean, we were working jobs and yeah. like, I think that's another thing to say, which was another jump for you, which was. You were the first one in our friend group to get a job. Yeah. You no, know, you had to, you know, start to help the family and start to carry your weight on just going out to food when we're going with friends. And so that became something that was for you. I looked up to you as like, wow, Steph is like making his own money. He's doing like, he has much more autonomy. You became like kind of like the father grown up of our group. I feel like in terms of maturity in our friend group. And I was like, like, that's really cool. And, um, do you want to just talk about jobs for a second? Just like the importance of that for us yeah, all, think, as well, I think, having money. Yeah, I think with both of us, we both got jobs eventually, but I did start looking for a job. Did you get your job on. in the beginning of 12th grade? No, I got my job. 11th my grade first summer? job, um, the end of 10th grade. Oh, oh yeah. American Eagle. Yes. Or it was it was either end of 10th grade or... I forgot about American Eagle, bro. Is yeah. it American Eagle? Yeah. So I, work, I started working at American Eagle first for like three months and then I moved and then I got... And then I got hired at Adidas, which was actually super cool. I was super excited about that job. We were opening up the new store in Central City. But aside from that, I think just having a job and being able to 
that's another sense of responsibility that you a lot For of people sure. don't get until sure. they're older. So I think both of us, when we got our jobs, it added a sense of responsibility and also a, a new sense of reward too. That we were like that we would put something in and we'd get money. something out. Exactly. Cash money. It was uh, it was some, <laughs> it was money for uh, Saturday night tacos. Oof, for... lots of tacos. We'll segue into that in a second. But I think that retail is another thing. Like, even if it's just a month, you need to work retail. If you're a college student, if you're a high school student, if you're going into college, you have a summer to make some money, make one k or something, for like food expenses or whatever, I think retail is like so important because number one, I got so much more confident with talking to people. I could go up. There was a point like after the first few weeks, I remember calling you and being like, yo, point any person out at a party. I'll walk up to them Hmm. and just introduce myself and like have a really great conversation with them because that's what you're doing in retail. Yeah. You're talking to random people and trying to sell them an idea, a concept. And I think that was really, really valuable. Both of us for like also just that other sense of responsibility, but like saying, saying like, I'm going to speak my reality into someone's reality. Like yeah. I'm going to say like this piece of clothing is so good that you want to buy it and live in it. And that's the same thing you do with like, I want to go to USC. So I'm going to do everything I can to, to produce a, a quality image for myself so that I can go and achieve that. So I can train, do all this kind of stuff so I can go and make that team it's a really important like distanced lesson about life. Yeah. Selling things. Yeah, exactly. Cause then you get, you have to, you get a responsibility there to basically give the customer there an idea that they didn't walk in there with Yeah, and, and sell them on that idea. And I think that's something that exactly tie, like you said, ties into everyday life. It's not just working. Cause then you, of course you can work the rest of your life doing that, but you're not going to do anything else. But if you yeah. apply what you learn in those kind of situations into the rest of your life and whatever yeah. you're doing in terms of schooling, sports, uh, uh, working beyond that and new jobs. Yeah. It's tremendous. It's a tremendous skill. And I think we both benefited from that tremendously. And I think it, it, uh, it allowed us to even just, it just adds onto your, basically your portfolio of life. Yeah. It adds onto that. It gives you experience that you didn't, wouldn't have had it otherwise yeah. if you had just sat at home. Yeah. And I think also just finding like a company that you like too. I think that's important. But let's talk about tacos and and uh, let's talk about tacos and um, just night and bowls, bro. Boys. Yeah, like yeah. I think that, that that was like the the fabric that kept us together, bro. Like yeah, not not our relationship, but our 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 sanity. Yeah, because it's hard. Because I'll admit it's hard. Like what we were saying about like going all out 100 percent on whatever we were doing. But also it's just hard. being alone here. Exactly. Just, it was just us too. I remember us talking about like how we wanted just more friends. We had a couple cool friends at, at school that we made in the library. And yeah. Like, we're still friends Which with is them. Great. And that was cool. That was awesome. And we're still friends with them. But like, just not, there was like this large friend group that we were yearning to have. And so we had to make our own like little, like exactly. And we, more and we, and we came from a place at Hamilton where we had a pretty large friend group or like multiple solid friends yeah. that we can call and hang out with. Yeah. So we went from that to basically nothing. It was S&P. like two or three friends. It was just me and you, and we had to develop two or three friends. Yeah. We didn't even have that go yeah. on the yeah. at the get go. So, I think it was definitely a diff- way different circumstance. But what I was saying before is that, um, as 
as as much as we say we were going yeah. all out on everything, that can get hard sometimes. So I feel like when we had our Even little break. moments of like yeah. comic relief and kind of just taking a little Complete bit of a step back, relief. where we so like what we would do is just instead of uh, instead should of we break down like library, a day? Should we break down like let's break down like the best version of like a Friday that we had with an acai bowl and a, and a taco? Yes. Yeah, so, well, so what we would do normally during school days, we would do we would meet up in the library after our first classes. And instead of just hanging out in the library for multiple hours, we were like, you know what? Let's, let's, just, let's, let's get out of here. Bro. Let's table. get out of here. Let's just go. So, uh, so we would drive. Uh, we would drive to a nearby, fresh, local little uh, acai bowl place. Is it? What was it called again? It's the Hive in the Santa Hive. Monica. I found that place. Yes. And then I told you, bro, you have to. And it turns out that your girlfriend actually found it before us, but had yeah. never told us about it. She had always liked acai bowls and I was always kind of weird. Like, uh, I was both staying I was away from was that. Like, That's just, disgusting. It kind of seemed weird. Then we just tried it. And oh my God. It became an essential. It became an essential. It's an essential to our friendship now. It's a way for us to like get away from the world and just talk about all the crap that like we can just let ourselves go. Yeah. It's like for us, like, cause we're not 21. It's like, can't go to a bar or whatever. Yeah. I'll say bowls. That's our exactly. bar. That's you know, our like, bar. And tacos. Our bar. Exactly. So what we would do is we would go and sit down get our acai bowls, get our extra granola Take on the side. Take some good photos we're, we're for, some growing for boys. Instagram. Exactly. Just have fun. Exactly. And we're, uh, we would grub, completely demolish those bowls yeah. too. And then we would have to go back to school, finish up our day, and that was it. Yeah. And then when, our secondary thing, which was really our first primary thing that, that we loved really, to do. That, that, that was the core keeping us together, even from... Yeah from you know that was 11th grade that we would go and do that yeah and then to kind of and we talk. would we would just our biggest thing would our most favorite thing to do would be to go get tacos on tacos saturday night friday night chato. yeah it's a we would uh, just hit up the little local street corner for those of you who don't tacos. know olympic and la brea maybe that's not where go, that's where kind of all spot, life grew but. from people say life started in the ocean life started at el chato yeah <laughs> and we just, we, the Al Pastor tacos there and quesadillas. Al Pastor quesadilla. With some grilled onions. With some grilled onions. Ah! That's, that's what we go for. But those were, those, like all jokes aside, those memories that we made, that those yeah. kind of, where we would go to get tacos, go to get acai yeah. bowls, it's like some of the highlights of It year, really of is some of the highlights because it's just so loose. It's just like, there's no, um, there's no consequences. Yeah. So it was just like, talk with your friends, relax, and just like download. And you're, you remember the grind and what you do with the grind, but you don't remember specific moments of the grind yeah. really because it kind of mushes up. But you remember specific moments of the fun, the joy, yeah. the loose aspect of hanging out. You remember that because those are like, those yeah. are like little bright spots and days where maybe it seemed too grueling to keep yeah. going. And I think those were, those were some of our highlights this year. And then even going leading into that was going on our little uh college trips yeah we had two adventures this year we went to berkeley and we went to madison so before we talk about that just because we were at smc we were kind of like college free agents so we were we were we, were, we could basically go to any we college and blend in exactly as long as our friends were there exactly so if you want to go to cal you put on a cal shirt and you're bare for the weekend yeah. <laughs> so our first trip that we decided to go on is to go see our our, uh, our friends in berkeley because we have quite a few friends yeah. there um, and they're all great. They were so kind to us to have us through that entire weekend. We yeah, had, that was we hilarious. To, Our we sleeping to, situation was like crammed big time. Yeah, dorm versus floor. when we went to Wisconsin, which still on my end at least was crammed. Yeah, but dorm floor was just was another level. That was a new. It experience was another for us. level. So basically, like the way that the bathrooms worked at Cal, and I'm sorry for anyone who's listening who goes to Cal. It's just it was very hard for us it to go new. to the bathroom with new. girls. Yeah, it was just weird because. It's a, it's a neutral bathroom. So yeah. potentially you could be pooping next to your crush 
if your crush came in and lived on your floor. And I, as you know, it's a difficult dilemma. It's just a difficult dilemma for, for college boys and college girls, you know? So that was just funny. Like we would just get out of the bathroom and there'd be a girl who like came out of the shower and was like doing her makeup for like a party. And it was just like, what the heck? This is so weird. Yeah. But I think I remember the biggest thing about Berkeley was that it was like our real first taste of college. It was because, so we went to Berkeley in November ish of uh, this past fall. I thought it was October. No, it was November because we went against. We went to go watch the Cal Berkeley versus USC football okay. game. Um, go Trojans, we won. So just remember that. Um, but but <laughs> Even it was though we were wearing Berkeley gear. I know, man. I know. But it was our first real experience of college because up until then we had just been us two at SMC. Yeah. All of our friends had already had basically two or three months on us in terms of like having their experiences at college, yeah. whatever yeah. their their classes, friends, parties. So this was our first taste of what college really is like because we'd never had that before. Yeah. So. Um, our friends Arya and Ethan were gracious enough to have us in their dorms and we basically hung out with them the whole weekend and just went to breakfast with them, lunch, uh, took us to the game, took us to parties, things like that. And it was a really good experience that I kind of had that, even though we were just yeah. SMC kids in a way, yeah. you know, but that was fantastic. Do you have anything to add about that? No, trip? dude, that, that was like magical. I feel like we wanted to stay forever. We actually, that last day we stayed so long. I know. We were, supposed we, to we, leave, were just, like, we were milking it. We were milking our experience there. Like we ended up coming home. What we, we, came, we came home, home at like, like 1230 11, or one. 1230. It was like, Oh, maybe it was one. Yeah. It was like one. We ended up like leaving, going to your cousin's SF house at like six thirty. Yeah. Something like that. Went so through we, Oakland. Yeah. We were supposed to leave at like probably like one. We were like planning. Yeah. We were like, okay, but we'll we had a nice brunch. One. Yeah. We, were, we were just we were just in the zone. Yeah. We were like, let's just stay here. It was worth it. I would say it was definitely worth it in the end because what we lose a couple hours of lose a couple sleep hours at home. and and come on, let's just talk about the conversation on the way home. Yes, that that, that was, was like the best conversation we ever had. Yeah. So we what it was like a because everybody knows when you're driving from either south or north California, you're going through the i5 going through the i5 and you're just it's just it's deadly miles and miles it's of deadly nothing. so we so we you just, better have a good partner to go through exactly or so some we, good pos- so we just podcasts. decided to just hit a good conversation just get something going and we just we started talked talking. about religion we talked about race we talked about everything talked about all of our different perspectives on things because because those are kind of conversations that we hadn't had before with each other it's no. kind of like we we knew no. kind of where people where we where each other lied on certain yeah. things but like not really like how we felt we didn't really we yeah knew. we we like we rubbed we rubbed against each other a little bit but it was like in a very like understanding yeah. way and also it was very very natural and very healthy too it wasn't like you were yelling at me yeah. or i was yelling at you we were just expressing both yep. of our perspectives and i think both of us also were able to understand the other's perspectives in certain areas totally. and even like totally. change our minds in some things but I th- we just went like, what, it was like three or four hours where three, we didn't hours. realize it was three or four we hours. We just went on. I, I can't really believe that you kept driving safely. Honestly, I don't remember it. I was just in the zone. You were in the zone, That's dude. what happens when you're driving like that. You're just in the zone and you don't remember anything. You're in anything. the zone, man. And then we stopped for in and out We stopped for a rewarding in and out That was good. I was like hungry after that conversation. That conversation yeah. was like a workout. Yeah. So like having that was like just a good like little like water break. It was like a halftime. That was probably the best in and out I've ever had. It was just so like It was so rewarding. good. We it just was like, so good basically almost home had some in and out well we were still three hours out but it was just like it was closer than getting before. There. yeah and exactly. then i remember we were getting a little tired though you remember where it was at and we were getting tired and we turned on the music and we did like a sing-along yeah we like, but then as we got closer to home like way closer we yeah. started to get like our second win like oh we yeah like we got that home. second win we had yep. stuff for gas yeah, though, exactly remember? exactly before we got home then we rolled up and then the second trip that we took was to wisconsin, was to wisconsin. that was big. that's where we visited stefano's girlfriend ella and yeah. my other very good friend aiden 
And I that stayed. was that was the next step because we went to Berkeley. We drove to Berkeley. Yeah, it was, it was but closer. this was a flight. This was a flight to Wisconsin, it, and it was zero it was degrees. Less than zero degrees. It was this, negative. It was literally the coldest it was the whole year. It was something I've never been in, right. and I don't know if you've ever been in that. No, I've not was, been in that cold. And that was, was a magical weekend. That was a fun weekend. We met a lot of cool people, and we did a lot of fun things. We had a lot of good food. Yeah, we, we had we went to a lot of fun parties. And I think one thing I want to say is that's very indicative of our friends that yeah. we have. Yeah. Of how welcoming both trips were. Right. It felt like we were, it felt like we went to those schools. Because it did. Of, because it, of that's actually the friends so true. that we had there. So true. With, with Aria, Macy, Sophie, everybody at Berkeley, they were great. And with yeah. Ella and Aiden at, at Wisconsin, it was like, yeah. like as if we had been there before countless yeah. times when we go to that school. I think so. That's a big thing that showed us that we have real friends, even in different places yeah. in the, in the world at this point. I think, I think that was important because also for me, just like deciding at that point, like it had already been like, okay, you're like the goal is to play professional soccer. Like, I don't want to go back to school. Like, I really just want to, I want to play the game that I love. I want to make this happen. It's like, you have to accept that you're not going to go to college. And that, that can sometimes be a tough pill to swallow in terms of like social life, meeting, meeting girls, meeting new guy friends, you know, like just, it's hard to swallow that pill. And so like going to Wisconsin and just like living in that frequency for like, five days was really refreshing and it like um just calmed me down and like but it also like made me like yearn for it a little bit so i know we had some we had some fun it it got us hungry for that it got us real hungry we wanted it more we were we were more and that 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 gave you the last push i gave you the final push to get into usc yeah so speaking about that i did um i applied to a lot of schools this year just for transfer just because i wanted to try to get out of SMC as soon as possible, which I worked hard to do. So yeah, I applied to a lot, but finally I got into USC early on. Yeah. And uh, I think, uh, that was a big step for me because I was finally like all of this hard work paid into this. That was, that was an amazing day when you got in there, you called me and I, you called earlier and you're like, I got into North Boston, Boston university, Boston university. And I was like, sick, dude right on i was like you deserve it hell yeah hell yeah and then i knew i was on the bike and i and i knew this dude is gonna call me up and he's gonna tell me something like he got into one of these schools and i think this was just it was such a good like it was so rewarding and such a weight off your shoulders like Like you you finally did it finally like as if like but this is the school of your dreams too yeah, and this I is think, not just like a good school. Exactly. I think I've been wanting this for a while now, and I think um, now that I have it, I'm not going to take it for granted either, too. Because I feel like a lot of people go to these schools, and they just they take for granted what they have. Yeah. But I think I'm, I'm hungrier more than ever, and I'm, I'm ready to just take on that challenge. Um, really quick, let's just talk about we talked about what I'm going into for the future. Yeah, let's talk. What's your so, future really quick? I'll ask you the question, though. Yeah. So... What what do you want to do at you like how do you want to leave your mark at USC? What kind of stuff do you want to well like what do you want your legacy to be like in general? Like how do you want to leave your legacy? And um yeah, let's just let's go there. Let's go Yeah, that well, um I'm studying business uh with a minor in sports business at yeah. USC and I'm really excited about that cuz I'm hoping to get into um sports management and more specifically kind of being a either general manager or president of uh, operations for any basketball team specifically the lakers we'll see how that goes it'll happen just believe bro. yeah exactly just believe. that's the that's the goal so um but i'm 
I'm ready to work hard, ready to kill it. I'm ready to join clubs. I'm ready to be president of clubs. I'm ready to That's leave a mark. Thing. Cause it's be not, a president of a club. We'll see, but I think you can do it. Yeah. I'm just, cause I'm going with the mindset of, I'm not going to let this acceptance be a fluke. It's not going to, yeah. it's not going to be just a, not just like, okay, I got in now I get to screw no, around. It's not a fluke. This is, this is the real deal. Yeah. And what about you? What are you looking forward in this, in the future now? I know we're uh, in some uncertain times, but we're trying to figure it out. What are you, you already know it, dude. At? This next year, hopefully by summertime, latest next summer. I think I can, I know I can do it sooner, but time will only tell because of all this COVID stuff. But mm-hmm. I'd like to sign a professional contract. I don't know at what level, but I'd like to sign a professional contract and start to play um, a lot of games. Um, at, at a really good level um and my goal my what i want to leave behind my legacy ultimately i would like to go play in europe in the premier league that's the ultimate lofty goal. dreams but wh- wh- why is there even a point to have dreams if they're not big exactly it's just it just doesn't make sense to me so you know i know i i'm not on the national team i know i'm not on these you know elite teams right now but my time will come and and uh that's really what I want to do. I want to play at the highest level in Europe and I want to represent the country and I want to be an inspiration for kids. I think that's something that also really drives me. I want to inspire a generation of excellence. I want to show kids that no matter who you are, where you come from, what your background is, that you can do something. You want to be an astronaut? You can be an astronaut. It's going to take a lot of work. It might be hard sometimes. It might hurt. You might, you might also have some really fun times. You may go off track, but you'll get there as long as you have as long as you, you know, have faith and you just and you, keep going. And you want to leave a mark on the next generation. I want to leave a mark on the next generation. I really do. And I see soccer at a professional level because it's such a global sport. It just has such a profound impact on the, on the world. Yeah. And the way culture is created. You can reach lives globally. You can reach lives. Yeah. And I just think that's so valuable. So that's another reason why I want to play. But yeah, that's what I want to do. Inspire generation of excellence, challenge destiny. That's pretty much all I could really ask for. Great. And I got to say, I think we're both on the right track. I do really think we're on the, both on the right track. Maybe someday it'll represent me. I'll make you. I'll, make I'll you be there. I'm excited. You'll help me sign up an amazing deal. Exactly. And with that, I think we'll wrap up our I first episode. So we really want to thank you all for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode of Make the Jump. Make the Jump.